It was as if he kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade. You've just thrown an advert on me. Um, how was the weather? And I said, it's a little bit cucker. And you said, what's cucker? And I said, well, it's pretty simple what cucker is. Yeah, that's the weather. There's a bit more to it than that. But we'll get into it. <laughs> it is show number 153. And um, honoured. Yeah, well, we've Privileged got... to have uh, Patricia back with us. Set ra- back for round two. It can't have been that bad the first time you were in. So it was um, about show number 30 or something. 31. You were back in the early days. Things of. We've we've kicked on a little bit, but so have you. You've been absolutely crushing it this year, um, getting faster and faster. So, yeah, quick 30 seconds. How's the last year been for yourself? Well, at first, thank you for having me again. It was fun the first time. I hope it will be fun this time as well. Um, but, yeah, I've had a really good year. Um, I'm really happy for the progress that I made, and uh, I hope it can continue the way I ended this year. You know, we've got Sportswoman of the Year, just few nights ago wasn't it yeah, Thursday, Thursday night, Thursday Thursday night, night. Thursday night. In, in the studio with us it's the first time first ever I don't think we've had a what was it Dylan Pereira but he actually but when he won it last year it was a joint last year wasn't yeah. it Him, himself and a cyclist but we actually had him in like the night before he won it but I don't think we've had yeah not so soon there you go well let's cut to the chase here fastest time at the moment is 11.02 is that right so the goal has to be to go sub 11 yeah, definitely. Um, I don't want to... Tempt fate or anything? Yeah, like, I, I'm happy if I get, like, to, the chance to, like, equal that or, like, one close to the 11 border. But hopefully I can, like, one day dip under the 11 seconds. That'd be amazing. I mean, I guess the one thing what I would always ask is, when you ran that time, did you think, yeah, that felt, I felt fast there? Or were you like, oh, that is quick? When you looked up and saw the time, were you surprised by it or...? Yeah, definitely. Like I had, uh, well, it was in the heats and I was kind of isolated. I was in lane two, lane one was empty and the other girls were a bit behind. So I just did my own ways and I felt that, that it was going well, that I, I'm, I'm running fast. And then I crossed the finish line and I just like saw the clock stopping at 11.02 and I was like, okay, like 
that that must be a mistake. Like I I know that I went fast, but not that fast. Fast, but that's really fast. <laughs> exactly. And then yeah, they um, yeah they confirmed eleven oh two, and I was like shocked out of my mind well absolutely amazing we've obviously i've been stalking you on instagram as is nathan so you know the best the best source of content out there and twitter twitter is pretty good these days or x as they now call it patricia we're going to uh we'll obviously go a bit deeper into the interview uh further on in the show now we always start things off with uh, firstly his this day on this day in the history of sport and also i've sort of put a new spin on it with the number 153 yeah meredith will be listening to this uh well, it'll be like couple, five couple minutes past gems 10 here. But- yeah, she likes the she likes the number format, so I think we're going to roll with that for a while. Aren't so we? here's an interesting one for you. Um, bit of a religion based this one. Okay, so the Gospel of John, chapter twenty one one, verse fourteen, includes the uh, the narrative about the miraculous catch of fish um, for Jesus after his resurrection, where he in fact caught one hundred and fifty three fish. Another one for you. The most capped all black for you, Nathan, of all time is. Yeah. Sam Samuel, Samuel Whitelock. 153 appearances. Absolute machine. Legend. Where is he now? Is he, did he go to he's Japan? He's gone out to Japan. Everyone, no, no, he's not. He's gone out to, to Pau. France. Pau. 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 Stad Palois, I think. Is that? Uh, what the Frenchies would call it. They, um, um, I, j- just interrupting you there, I know that, um, or I see on social media that uh, the Japanese league must have all kicked off this week. All the All Blacks over there cashing in at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they're on their uh, retirement Um, Just back to 153, the highest scoring match was on the uh, 11th of May 1992 between Portland and Phoenix, and the score finished 153-251. Former England bowler Stuart Broad, you might remember him, he finished up with how many wickets against Australia in his international career 153 yeah that's some going isn't it and here's a really cool one this bounces over to the world of athletics Patricia the Spartathlon okay so this is a 246 kilometre race 153 miles and it's held annually in Greece since 1983 between Athens and Sparty which was which is now on what was Sparta the interesting thing about this this race is um, based on the distance covered by a guy. Now, I'm going to try and pronounce this, but I believe it's Fidepides. Okay? I think you've done a stellar job. I think I've nailed it. I think I've nailed it. Yeah, you have, yeah. And he um, was the chap who ran non-spo- non-stop from the battlefield in Marathon uh, to the Citadel in Athens in 490 BC, bringing news of the uh, Athenian army's victory over the Persians in battle. And he d- actually dropped dead after he'd run so far. And that's how the marathon uh, came came about it and he didn't have fancy shoes to run it in I'd say he was running it in those leather those leather um, with sandals yeah, aren't they yeah, yeah, yeah. Roman sandals perhaps that's quite a good one isn't it you know I'm not very good at pronouncing the names have I pronounced your name Patricia van der Vecken is that right yeah that's about right about like, right go on how do you, yeah. you say it to me <laughs> I pronounce it van der Vecken van der Vecken yeah, can, I've got to work on my Luxo accent a little bit. Yeah, it's not bad. I'll take that. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, on this day in 1810, English bare knuckle boxer Tom Cribb um, beat the African American Tom Molyneux um, in round 33 of 40. And it was the first interracial boxing match. Can you imagine? Do you think they had pads in 1810? Or was it only, no, be, only bare knuckle? That's, that's right. Just... No, but do you think pads was a. That that was the only way to to to, to box in the, at that time because it's some time ago, eighteen ten. 
I mean, the fact that they're even 33, they're like, yeah, these two will go 40 rounds. Can you imagine a professional boxing match going 40 rounds this day? Just not going to happen. Today is, in fact, World Football Day. As if we need to hear more about football, they've decided that the 10th of December will, in fact, be World Football Day. This is the 344th day of the year, 20 days till Christmas. Um, You excited? Buzzing. Chrissy. Buzzing. Yeah. See the fam. I'm going over to Scotland with the fam. Hopefully, going to see some snow. Get snowed in. I'll be oh, you'll be happy. I'll be blessed. It's in the hills, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's in like the hills up there, up past Edinburgh. So it's it's not proper Highlands, but it's like on the way up there. That the the, uh, the scenery's pretty pretty surreal. Patricia, you looking forward to Chrissy? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, get together with uh, some part of my family. Yeah, that's that's really nice. There won't be much cheating going on with the old diet at Christmas, though. I wouldn't have thought with the uh, a few big things on the horizon, which we will uh, we'll come into in a second here. Last couple of ones for you, Nathan. Very, very important piece oh, of news. This is massive. This is probably the biggest <laughs> news we have ever announced on here. In 2001, on the 10th of December, this was when the Fellowship of the Ring premiered in London, arguably the greatest trilogy of all time. Um, yeah. And I know nothing about it. No, I know. And you're from New Zealand. It's a tragedy. No, but I did 19... tell you an interesting story, which I'll tell you about a bit later uh, after you finish this 1911 story. Go on. Oh, you've got me hooked now. So you've got to tell me now. Well, they, um, when Lord of the Rings was being, um, was, was starting, actually, there was a guy, a, a, a director called Marty Katz from Malibu. And he happened to come over. And at that stage, I was in, in, in New Zealand coaching. And he happened to rock up to the centre. He called me up and said, can I have a lesson at like three o'clock on Sunday? I said, look, sorry, mate, I can't. That's the final of a tournament. I can't, I can't do it. He said, well, what, about, um, what, what about after at five? And I'm like, look, chief, it's, you know, <laughs> you're pushing things a bit. No, my Sunday's my Sunday. And he said, well, I'll pay you triple whatever you, whatever you charge. I said, all right, I'll, I'll see you at five. So I went in there and gave him his lesson. He was a lovely, lovely chap, this guy, Marty Katz. And then he, um, he said, well, can we have another lesson at seven o'clock? Tomorrow morning, I was like, <laughs> like steady on what's no, that? No, you didn't. You said are you paying triple again? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he it, it, it happened for almost like four or five days consecutive, and I thought this is like a bit intense. You know, it just wasn't the norm. And on one of the sessions, I think about the third or fourth session, he was wearing this t-shirt and it had like um, uh, Panama Vision on on it. And I didn't know what he was there for. I didn't know he was into filming or anything. And I was like, oh, okay, probably he's in, you know, a director or something. Or not director, but he's into filming. And um, then he wore a shirt with, um, like, the Titanic. Who were the two star- um Leonardo DiCaprio, and was it Kate Blanchett? No, Kate, who was the... Go on, say it. You know it. it. Pretending like you don't know who it is. It's not Kate Blanchett. Come on. No, who is it? I don't know who the, who the, who the woman is. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Okay, it was a Kate. Even you know yeah. that, Patricia, don't you? Titanic. Titanic, Kate Winslet, there we go, and Leonardo DiCaprio. And anyway, so he... he, Sorry, I'm always insulted if he doesn't know (laughs) things about films. He was sweating, so he took his shirt off and he put another one on, and I was like, nah, nah, mate, he's he's taking the mickey. What's going on here? So I had to say, look, is you know is one of your favourite films like? Do you really like these this guy? And he goes, yeah, I was one of the um, I was one of the four producers of um, of the Titanic. Yeah, there we go. I said, well, what are you doing in New Zealand? And he says, well, actually, we're about to film this or we start setting up this trilogy. And he, he didn't tell me what it was. And I said, like, like what? Like Star Wars? And he goes, yeah, kind of like that, kind of like that. Lo and behold. 2001, Lord of the Rings comes out. What's the guy's name again? Marty Katz, M-A-T. Yeah. Why, I think, Marty Katz, K-A-T-Z. 
I'm gonna stalk this. Look. I'm gonna stalk this bloke yeah, on Instagram and LinkedIn and send him a message saying, "Do you remember?" No, of course story? he's not going to remember. He, 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 I mean, this was this was normal for him to make squash the, lesson the up best, squash at seven best, o'clock in the morning. Yeah, best five what? squash lessons he ever had. He's probably he's probably trading around <laughs> New Zealand trying to find you at the moment. Oh, super interesting. Anyway, well, I can't really top that, but in 1911, Kelbreth Rogers completed the first crossing of the US by airplane, and it only took him 84 days. Birthdays, there aren't that many out there. The big one I managed to find was, do you know who Michael Clark Duncan is? When I tell you what film he's in. Oh, okay, no, um... Michael Clark, I know that name very well, but Duncan... Cricket, cricketer you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah no, not him. Not him. No, well, seen, it, is, yeah, it is sport. You ever seen uh, The Green Mile? I, I have it. You know you know, I'm not a big movie watcher. Hey, I don't know what you do in your free time. Anyway, he's uh, one of the main characters in that. That's with, that's a pretty epic film if you get the chance to. It's only taken me 14 minutes to uh, talk about a film. Um, do, you, do you like films, Patricia? Because um, this guy like really loves films. Yeah. I'll give you a whole list. <laughs> well, it's not that I don't like them, but I'm not like into the film industry. Like, um, so you're on a flight, you're going to the World Championships in anywhere. I don't know Tokyo. Or the what, are you, what, are you, what are you going to watch? What you got your you got your film? What what, what are you going to go for a documentary? You're going to go for a, a sporting documentary, a National Geographic, or are you going to going to go look in the uh, the rom coms? Are you going to look? Go, what are you going to go for? And you can't say you're going to sleep the whole way. You have, no, no, you have, no, to, no, you have to watch have something. To, yeah, it's a long flight. Yeah. You're going to New Zealand. You're going on a long flight. Yeah, you're going out to New Zealand to see the set of the Lord of the Rings and all that sort of stuff. I, and maybe never, no, no. Lord of the Rings. I, I've never. Watched okay, it. I'll not hold that against you. But yeah, I'm what sort what sort of stuff would you be into to watch? It really depends on the mood I'm in. Um, sometimes I might like binge watch a whole like series on Netflix but other times I just I don't know what to watch and then I I just don't so it really depends what's the, what's the last series you watched on Netflix mm, the last, oh I, I finished the the series on the, um, the British royal family like the crown oh, the yeah crown. yeah yeah oh there we yeah. go I was just reading about that Today, I mean, it's on. It's in the news all the time, isn't it? These are quite. What about about the Game of Thrones? No, I've I've not. You need to sort that out. (laughs) Vikings. Vikings. You haven't watched Vikings. Yes, I have. Have you actually? I loved it. Good man. Yeah, Vikings is brilliant. I'm impressed. Not as good as I mean, Peaky Blinders is my number one. You what's the other one? Uh, Frontier you'd like because it's got loads of Kiwis in it. It's about like the Hudson Bay comedy company out in America when they go like tracking for all the pelts and stuff like that. Jason Momoa's in it. While whilst we're on films, this is this is my man. This is Marty. This is Marty Katz. I see your computer from here, can oh, I? Look at him. Yeah, this is the bloke. G'day, anyway, g'day Marty. Patricia, first of all, congratulations for uh, Thursday evening. Amazing to see you getting the recognition. Ultimately, you you deserve. Um, did you have to make a speech? Yeah. So they um, well they announced my name and then I had to go up the stage and then uh, did they play music when you had to go up or was it just applause and stuff like that? No way, mate. They're they, they definitely just an applause. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely applause. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do music, surely. I, I can't remember, actually. Ah, fair enough. Um, so I walked up and then, yeah, they asked me a few questions and then answered the questions and then I went back down. So so you, you, didn't, you didn't have like a pre-winner's speech prepared? No, no. It was just um, a couple of questions. What was the moment like when they called your name? Did you get it like, ah, oh, sweet, or was it like... <laughs> Yeah, I deserved. I deserved them. <laughs> Didn't think like that, of course. She doesn't. Well, no, definitely It was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Actually, like I didn't go there thinking, oh, 
I'm gonna win this. Like it just, I just went there and then. Because you know, we we had a we had our pick, didn't we? We went out through about about five weeks ago when all the names come up. Patricia's name was in the mix, and the other one we thought who actually got second was um, Jeanne Lahere, who was had a for me an outstanding, well for all of us an outstanding, um, absolutely outstanding. Yeah. So there's no, is it like winning the Oscar? It wasn't like what's well, equivalent of winning the Oscars. Was there any little trophy? What? Yeah, I got I got a kind of a trophy like it's it was it's heavy actually yeah a really nice studio um put it in my room like next to the others yeah i'd say there's a few up there at the moment you probably need your own room for trophies and stuff soon enough yeah it's a yeah. couple, a couple. <laughs> um for those of you just listening in uh i've got the will smith thing on my mind i'm waiting for the moment did anyone go up and slap anyone get on stage your wife's name out of yeah no like, it's not like that get, you know you don't know you know the situation will smith got up on, on stage and Yes, yes. And gave Chris Rock, there was none of, none of that. No. no. more civilised in Luxembourg, yeah, it's not yeah. America. Anyway, as I was saying, we've got Patricia van der Vecken joining us. She's a sprinter by trade, holds the national records over 100 metres and 200 metres. Uh, the first Luxembourger to qualify for next year's Summer Olympics in Paris. Uh, fastest 100 metres time of 11.02. Uh, the p- closest we would get to a time like that is when we look at the alarm clock and get out of bed late, I think, Nathan. Yep. And then, am I right in thinking, fastest time over 200 metres is 23.19. There you go. I've done my uh, done my research. The question is, if we had a race, okay, so me and Nathan came down to the track and raced you, where, if if... Obviously, there's no point in us racing over 100 metres or 200 metres. But if we, like, if we race 200 metres and you race 300 metres, do you think, would you still beat us, do you think? Um, I hope so. Yeah, there we go. I love the attitude, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'd need a head start as well. Yeah. I'm not sure, though. Like, I'm not used to winning that kind of distance, so like at some point the lactic acid is gonna hit. We'll just, just put us. Just put well, two seconds. I'm, I'm recently retired. Nathan retired a long time ago. I think the lactic acid would hit us a bit quicker than it would hit you, to be honest. But it'd be pretty good because how quick could we run a hundred meters? Fourteen seconds, thirteen seconds, fourteen seconds. I don't Nathan, know. I'm telling you now, you ain't running a hundred meters in fourteen seconds. I reckon I would run it in about fourteen, fifteen seconds. If I was warm and if I was wearing spikes, I think I, I might I might run it in about fifteen seconds. Okay, Hundred meters so doesn't sound far, okay, but you got to so remember when you're going seconds. When you're going then full noise, how much is how much is that that difference of five seconds? How can I wonder? You know, it'd be interesting for me to start me on the. I would start on the fifty meter line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. That's fast. Yeah, I think I do. You know what? I am going to get. I'll get you to run a hundred meters. Like it's horrible. I've spoken about this before. I remember doing athletics at school, and I was a hurdler back in the day. Short events are—I—I I, I prefer them. But I remember doing the four hundred meters, and a four hundred horrible event, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's what I hear. I've never tried it. Yeah. I'm not planning on. Four hundred is horrible because obviously you can't—you can't run flat out for 400 meters because obviously in the what do they run it in about 42 or 43 i think at olympic level isn't it and like top top level but if you're like we're uh, we wouldn't get around it in seven we'd probably take a 70 80 seconds i would have thought to get around yeah i've, I've never I, I, honestly i don't think i've ever when i was at school that was probably the last time i've sprinted 100 it wasn't top eight in this in the school but it's probably eighth or ninth we're on bare feet because we run on grass you know 
you know, on the on the lovely, lovely, lovely tracks they they make at the school there. Did you 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 wear spikes when you're at school? We well, actually, when I first went to secondary school, we used to run on a grass track. It's, it's lovely to run a grass track, no? yeah. but yeah, with, with bare, bare feet or spikes. We're running trainers, don't you? No. And then basically, one guy might have a pair of spikes. And he'd be like, can I borrow them? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be like, these are for cross-country, mate. Bruised. I'd be like, they're would... fine. Don't worry. <laughs> they give you a bit of traction. But you, you'll know, if you've never worn spikes and you run on a track, just you just feel faster. If, if you uh, yeah, if you got the chance to run on a track, Nathan, even at your age. Well, the now. actual, the the, sh- the the shoes, I'm guessing, have got a really like flexible toe off as, on them as well, yeah, I'm but guessing. They're, I mean, you're better to um, explain this, Patricia, but yeah. obviously sprinting mechanics... You, you don't want to... You're only striking from well, your toe. No, you don't want to be walking around on your heels because it's, it's slow and inefficient, isn't it? So you're always, like, up yeah, on your toes. Like, yeah, you're running on your toes, and then spikes, they are inclined in the front, and then you have your spikes just below the toes. Well, and... Just well, behind, just... Like, the toes, and then spikes go back until, like, the mid, mid-foot. Um, okay. So, yeah, you're kind so of... So how, how much of your foot is touching... So when you're striking, how much of that of if it's one to a hundred, how much percentage of that foot is striking um, the ground? Yeah, well, I'm, when I'm sprinting, it's like only the forefoot, huh. like the midfoot. It's not even half your foot. So you wouldn't even be getting not not to the the start of the arch, basically. Sort of, but not entirely. Not entirely. Jumping jack, gee whiz, it's cool. Wouldn't mind seeing her go. Yeah, see, it, obviously. Seen it on Instagram, but to see it up and up close would be uh, because what colour is spikes at the moment? My spikes. Yeah. Um, during competition, I was wearing black spikes, but um, now at the moment I'm changing spikes, so now they are like red, orange-ish. Red. Significance of wearing red, Nathan. More winners have that of one race wear red. <laughs> we told you this last time. I'm pretty no. sure. You see, you listen to us subconsciously, and so that so clearly you've been wearing. Red, I guess, over the last year due to your success. I It'll be we red. I no, I haven't. No. You've gone again. She clearly didn't. Yeah, I'm take pretty, her I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure you listened, <laughs> but whatever. Um, okay. I was, uh, I, uh, if you've never seen a set of sprinting spikes, they look, they just look cool. It's like a cool pair of football boots, you know, top of the range boots from back in the day. You'd have, uh, I, I just talk about my experiences when we used to do like athletics days against other schools and in the regions and stuff like that. And yeah, you would have, because most of us played other sports, but if you were like reasonably quick or agile, they would, you know, you would, you would double up and do some different events and stuff. And there'd be a couple of lads who actually did athletics and have the, they might have like the Nike ones. They had these Nike ones that were like black and gold and then they have like the zip so like you can zip your laces in and stuff. Oh, like that. Okay. No, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, class, that's, that's OTT class school. Them. You get booed off. You, you, you get you get booed off the school if you took your back in well, the well, day. Well, there's one guy who actually did athletics and he was a sprinter, like Bjorn. I can't remember his last name, but he was quick, redhead dude. Always had his hair gelled back a little bit, like um, our, our golfing friend uh, Leon Marks. And but he had this guy had wheels, but of course he bought his spikes, and then he, he just got he got dogs, did he? Yeah, he just got he got booed. They the probably got nicked, time. did they? And said yeah. he got stolen, did they? <laughs> Someone was smacking with it. Anyway, a Patricia, sandal. sorry, we're rabbiting on like we always do. Um, so. So what, has there been a big change this year that's seen you, you know, seen you, I guess, pardon the pun, you know, take these big strides forward, seen you go much faster? What's the big change? Because you've still got the same coach that you've you've had now for, for some time. So what's changed this year? Yeah, well, definitely. I've been working with my coach 
since 2015, I think. Um, so yeah, it's uh, been quite some time now. Um, it's difficult to say like what has made me progress that much in like a couple of months, but I think it's like the the work I've been putting in for the last couple of years. They just like everything sort of came together, and now it sort of paid off. Um, so yeah, it's difficult to point out. Okay, like that made me faster. But yeah, I'd say it's more like everything coming together at the right moment and then I just like could use all that work to um, to progress in my races. It's a really good point because it, it is actually, it's all those days that you probably had crap days two years ago, but the fight through, the mental fight through to keep going or... All those, yeah, all those good days and bad days mixed, well, right? Up, it, 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 all is, end, it, it all add up, all part of the in, in ingredients. So obviously we know the big, I guess, the carrot at the, you know, over the next sort of seven to eight months is going to Paris, congratulations. But have you got the next period already planned out for your, your training schedule? You know, what events you'll be competing at? Have you got any training camps coming up? I mean, what's, what's going on? Because I think you'll be doing a little bit more than just running at the cock a couple of times a week in the lead up to next summer, no? Yeah, definitely. Like the programming and stuff that's that stinks that my coach does for me. So that's not my my job to do, I'd say. Um so yeah, he has everything sorted out until like Paris and a couple of weeks after Paris even. So he knows what I'll be doing every day for the next couple of months now. And uh, yeah, of course we make some adjustments on the day if I feel like crap like we are likely to change things up um but like the the board like plan is already done um so yeah he's kind of like planning everything out in advance so that we know like what has to be done by a certain date so we have evaluations on every couple of weeks and then we see okay what's been working what hasn't so yeah, everything. And your coach is based in Luxembourg or abroad? You got no, to... he he lives in France, but he comes to Luxembourg every day to yeah, yeah train, to train. Victoria and me. And then he does some work for the federation as well. So yeah, he comes here every day. Yeah. And what about on the on the ra- the rainy cold days and when we've got this Baltic weather? We've got you. You can you're you're allowed to go indoors. Yeah, of course. Well, now we've been. In Turkey, Belek, and in Tenerife for two weeks each. So for a month now, I was not here in uh, waiting in snowy Luxembourg. Yeah, yeah. But now, um, yeah, we train at Kok every day. So um, yeah, we can. Well, thankfully, we can use the facilities indoors and um, do our sessions there. Yeah, Nathan, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. In relation to Patricia's time. In the world this year at 100 meter level, where is she? In the world, yeah. Do you know this? I know my world ranking. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if this is the world ranking, but this is the in relation to the best times. This is the be- the fastest times run in 2023. Uh, well, if you could- the fastest one this year is Sharika Jackson. Yeah, 10.65. Have you run against her before? And not against her in the same ways, but we were uh, both at the World Championships. So she was, yeah, in another heat and then not with me, but still, like, I saw You've got the two, yeah, that, I mean, I I was actually reading about Shelly-Anne Fraser-Price and Elaine Thompson-Hurrah. This is in 2023, we're at the end of the year, so I would say 30, 40? 
pretty good. 33, 33rd yeah, fastest that's, time. That's so so is that your world ranking? Okay. Yes. That's amazing because when you look like you're, you're looking at the times above, it's like if you take up, let's say you took point three sec, point, I don't know, 0.05 seconds off, boom, you shoot like the... The difference is, is it's just incredible how close all these all these sprinters are and stuff. Yeah, um, but in the world ranking, it's like they take the five best performances and then they calculate points based on the performance and then they add points based on like ranking points. And I think it's only like three per country. So I'm not like, I'm 33rd in the world. Yes, but not really. Like there are more Jamaicans that like don't count into the ranking, for example, for example, or like Americans. Or, oh, okay, okay. Yes. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> and all those. Well, I, think all those I think you're discrediting yourself a little bit. I think exactly. It's, yeah. It's um. So th those races, those five races, you said that count. Are they? They all have to be outdoor, or can you take some indoor? No, I can. Like in my current world ranking, I could like put like two indoors and three outdoors, but it's fine if you have like five outdoors as well. So yeah. Yeah. What about the sixty meter? The sixty meter dash. Do you Have prefer you that? Um. Well, a good thing about indoor races is that you don't have to worry about like the conditions given, by, well, imposed by weather. Like you never have rain, you never have wind. So that's a good thing. But it's quite short compared to the one hundred, and um, yeah, it's different. It's not that I prefer 100 or 60 it's like different i like both um you can be like more sure about the conditions indoors because the only thing that can change is like the track like the surface or the blocks but still like that is more manageable than like the weather <laughs> i mean obviously just just jumping back again when you ran that that time you that was in germany so yeah. is that your favorite track then because you ran fastest there or uh, no, because I've performed really badly on that track as well. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, so where would be your, your favourite place where you've run at? Um, I like competing in Switzerland, in La Chaux-de-Fonds. I, well, I set my previous national record there and the one before that as well. So um, it's a really nice track to be at. It's like in altitude, so that really helps with sprinting. And also, like, it's not a... Um, well, the competition is not ranked really high. Um, however, a lot of fast like athletes go there because conditions usually are good. Um, other than that, mm, which track do I like? Um, in Oregon last year, it was really fun. Like it's impressive. Like the whole must be just stadium. cool. Yeah, there's. Yeah. A, I mean, you're in the US and you're, and you're sprint and you're sprinting in the states. Yeah, like it has to be pretty the, cool. The campus from the Oregon Ducks, well, the university in Oregon. So that was really like fancy. Like everything was super fancy. So it was cool. When you when when the coach tells you, um, you're like, yeah, our next camp's going to be in America. You're like, come on, let's yeah. go. Is there, is there places you like to go and train? Particularly, like, obviously, the US, or is there anyone anywhere else around the world you like to train? Yeah, like I really like going to Belek in Turkey because everything's like super well like managed and planned out like you have your hotel just 50 meters next to the track and like the food is really good like everything's like put into place to perform and to have a great training camp so that's like I ideal conditions um yeah so i think that's my favorite 
place to train at right now? We um we did one years ago for the Sevens for Lux, and we it was hosted in Ostrava um, in Czech Republic, and they've got they've held world championships at that stadium, and it is it is absolutely pucker, you know, top of the range. And the hotel we were staying in is attached to it, and when you say it's like fifty meters, it's just so cool all the training facilities you're just in this in this little bubble it makes life a then, lot easier obviously sevens is played over two days so we're playing saturday sunday and we because we had got promoted we were ranked we on paper we were ranked as the worst team there but so we got drawn against the team that got relegated from the grand prix circuit which was lithuania we so we played them but we got to play on the pitch first which means you get to warm up in sevens it's it would be i guess you'd compare it to um do, doing 100 meters in you don't actually get to warm up on the track you know you there's a different area where you warm up and then you come out and so compete Se- sevens is very much like that as well where you'll practice your warm up and then you you come out for the main event um yeah and we beat them on the first day that was quite funny um and then because of our because we'd started ranked 12th and we won all our games then when we go into the second day we're then ranked first for the playoff games which means you get the easier quarter final and then we played first again so it's good it's always good to to get to warm up uh Warm up out there. That what you saying that reminds me of a story that came out. I think it was at the Euros in Budapest. Was it was it Euros or World Championships in Budapest just recently? World Championships. And one of the runners got run over by the buggy. Was it one of the Jamaican run- and one of the American runners or Jamaican runners? They were because they were got, they were I, they were transferring. I don't think them. they got run over. I think they got they got bumped. Nah, they got skittled. He got skittled. <laughs> nah, he, he genuinely hurt his his ankle. Because they had, they were taking the athletes from the practice, like the warm up, the, the warm up, the warm up stadium, and then take him across in a buggy. What a shambles he, out in Hungary! Eh? What yeah, a shambles I mean, out there! Like, yeah, and he, and the and the, um, and the and the volunteer, let's say, had, I, I didn't, I didn't see that. I'm going to do a little bit of research. Yeah, but um, you, were, were you at that event? Yes, I was. Was it was the Euros or the Worlds? What was it? No, it was World Champions. And it was in the new stadium as well. That looks yes. absolutely uh, fabulous. Yes, but I think they like uh, they they set up like a part of the the what's it called again the ceilings around the stadium. Yeah, they are like not permanent. So I think the stadium's actually like half the size, but they just doubled it for the World Championships. Taking it in and out. Yeah, but the stadium was was huge, really it was nice, massive. I think it's a yeah, a new. I think it's the first time they've had an event at that at that particular yeah, stadium. It's down on the on the, it's down by the the new, isn't it? Yeah, I think they finished it like a couple of months before the championships. Yeah, but pretty special. Ah, very, very interesting. I mean, we we've sort of talked about um, before when we had you on about your role models and stuff growing up, but obviously now, I guess as you're running faster, you're in these heats where you're you know, running against, uh, you know, big, big names and, and stuff like that. Who, who are there any of the big names you've come up against in your, in your heats so far this year? Mm, yeah, definitely. I've had the chance to run against a lot of fast girls. Um, like the competition where I set my national record that was um, in Germany. So there was Gina Lukenkemper. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but for example, like she has already dipped under 11 seconds a few years back i think so she's like oh yes german german yeah yes she's the european champion from munich so there's like a huge name and she's yeah she was really really kind really nice so i was happy that i could 
chat a little with her. Well, that's actually really cool because that was going to be my next question. Um, I mean, we're I'm, I'm from a team sport, so there's a lot of interaction. Um, Nathan, you're more of an individual sport as well, but it, it, that's cool to hear that you can sort of, you know, ultimately enjoy somebody's company whilst you're you're competing. Are there other athletes you get on quite well, or are there you know are there any instances where you're like. I'm not going to say any naughty words on here, but where you're like, yeah, they're, uh, I don't like them, you know, just, <laughs> just from how they are towards you or, 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 or yeah, what are your experiences yeah, of that? Well, definitely. Um, there are a lot of girls that are super nice that you can chat with um, before or after the competition. So I really like, like that, like the fact that you can talk to people who have like the same dreams or uh, like-minded people, basically. But of course, there are also people that, like you feel you you can't talk to them or they don't want to talk to you or like they look like they throw looks and and everything but my experience has mostly been positive so i'm really grateful for that oh that's great dear great yeah. to hear because i mean we're we, we don't know enough about the world of athletics you know no I'm, i know that um everyone loves usain bolt Everyone. I got some friends that went to Commonwealth Games, and then and they said he was just super chilled out and would talk to everybody like in the brick and when they were breakfast and stuff. They said that this guy was on the subject of Usain Bolt. The rumor was that his guilty pleasure was chicken nuggets. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, he absolutely loved the chicken nuggets. You like know, pre-race. Well, just yeah, uh, post, just mate, just post-race, whatever. Just love chicken nuggets and stuff. And then obviously, look, diet's an important part. Do you have any guilty pleasures? You know, um, are you allowed to tell them? I don't know if your coach is listening in. We get in trouble <laughs> if you say it. Well, he knows everything I'm going to say. So, yeah, my guilty pleasure must be chocolate or, I don't know, maybe cookies or something with chocolate, basically. Boxer Mansion. Boxer Mansion as well, yeah. There we go. Look at you, hey. What do you mean, look at me? Boxer Mansion, <laughs> this is the time where, you, you know, you look after the kids. You don't take a big bag of Boxer Mansion for your kids at uh, Little Lions this morning? No, big sting, I? Oh, mate, you got to look after the kids this time of the year. Yeah, definitely. Big bag of, you know, boxer munching. Yeah. Yeah, love them. With, uh, obviously, as I said, it's more part of the show is we like to try and give an insight into, uh, you know, your what you've been going through, how you've been performing, how you've been training. Um, I mean, let's take this week, for example. What's a typical training week uh, look like for yourself? Yeah, this week was not a typical week. I had a deload week, but... Usually we train nine times a week for about yeah two and a half three hours per session, so yeah it gets really long sometimes, especially like in the weight room when you have to change the weights all the time. So yeah, it can be. Could get a, you could get a little man to change your weights. He'll get Scott Brown. He'll change your weights. He loves all that. <laughs> he loves all that stuff. Get him. Yeah. He can change your weights. You can just stand there when, and when when you, you lift your lift because I mean that's a long time. But let's let's be clear. You're not training. You're not working for two and a half hours. That's obviously including when you're working and your rest periods and stuff like that as well. Yeah, like the session, like from the start to the end of the session is like then three hours or maybe two and a half, depending on the session. Um, Yeah, of course, we do a lot of breaks. Like, I mean, we are sprinters. We are not running all the time. Um, But yeah, it uh, can be really long days, especially like we have three double days a week like monday wednesday and friday especially those days they are they're kind of intense and very long and tiring and at the end of the day you leave at cook and you like just mentally you have to be mentally yeah, yeah absolutely and do you in terms of your recovery what what do you like do you like ice bath sauna you know just sleep i don't know what what works for you yeah i don't i don't like 
that my recovery activities but they are really helpful so I do a lot of cryotherapy and ice bath um other than that I have like the recovery boots um yeah and then just sleep and eat I guess are you a are you but not watching enough Netflix (laughs) are you a foam roller or are you a um or are you a yoga or Pilates no then foam rolling you're a foam roller you go you'd enjoy our physio who was on uh on Wednesday on Wednesday was a big advocate of uh Foam rolling, myofascial massage, yeah, and stuff she, like she, that. She, she believed that the, the crux of it. I did a bit of foam rolling before my squash mats on uh, on Saturday. It didn't make a blind bit of bloody yeah. difference to my well, performance. To be honest, post Olympic yeah. Games, I hope we can get you on a squash court and we can met you can um, take on one of your favourite athletes out there and we'll get you in the. But look, it's not it's not all, not all, not all serious on here, Patricia. I've got a couple of funny questions. We've asked you the ones about the mullet and moustache before. We'll keep we'll, we'll mix it up a little bit. Does the coach ever come? Uh, you know, when you say you're training try, training nine sessions a week, do you ever do anything random where he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna go and um, we're gonna go swimming today," <laughs> or uh, you know, just do something outside the box and, and sort of catch you off guard? Or, or is it always business? No, it's like mostly business, especially now since we're preparing a big year. Um, yeah, maybe after that, after the series is oh, over. Well, hopefully, he's popping. Hopefully, you're popping champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, any superstitions? Mm, not really, actually. Um, like my warm up is always the same. Like that's that's for sure. But that is a superstition. Same warm up. No, I'm only messing. <laughs> no, it's not. If I if I want to change things up, like I'm gonna do it. I'm not a big fan of like having rituals or that type of thing because the day you cannot like do your thing, like it's gonna freak up your mind. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like try to avoid that. That's mature. Like yeah. I'm not that mature. I'm I'm superstitious, man. Because if I don't do it, then I think like you know. The world's going to end. There's yeah. no way that I would win that race or win that match. I've got to be. Everything's got to be laid out the night before. That same, you know, you know the colour of your underwear, the colour of your socks. Everything's got to be in order. Even the curtains have to make sure that they are. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's clearly a way more mature than me. I mean, just going back, um, you know, back back in history, what what got you into athletics originally? Where did that come about? Uh, my parents did just drop me off at the local ish um, track and field club. So did your parents both do athletics as well? No, my mom she didn't do much sports. She was um, in gymnastics for some time, but not at a like not even a regional level. It's just have fun. And then my dad he was um, doing a lot of cycling and later also biathlon and triathlon a little bit. So he's like more this influence at home so um, yeah I think they just realised that I have too much energy and that I have to get let let her run yeah (laughs) perfect so what's your home uh, athletics club in in Luxembourg Uh, in Attelbrück oh yeah you know you know the ground behind the sports by the sport where the football pitches are is it by there yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's um, behind it's, like the basketball. What, are they, what do they call it? Dieterich? Is it Dieterich? Ken Did? No, not Ken Dieterich. is the basketball coach. Um, this is embarrassing. What's the, no, what's the name of the stadium called? You don't know? Uh, who's the coach Stratton of Ettelbrook? Dutch. Are you joking? No, no, I'm talking. No, the coach of Ettelbrook is Gavin Love. Yeah, right. But I'm talking about uh, of the basketball team. I'm talking about the name of the stadium or the, the arena yeah, or, in Ettelbrook. I'm adamant it's Dieterich. I think it's the Stadam Deich. 
Start them dying. Oh, yeah. okay. I got, I got, I got D right. I got the D part right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as always, we uh, one of the thing questions we uh, we like to ask. So you know, touch wood, we're we're all going uh, well in the Olympics. We get to the business end of the the competition, and they say actually we're going to spice things up here, and we're going to instead of just being like oh yeah Patricia and you know the camera and you give it the wave, they're going to do it a bit more. Each athlete's going to come out on their own, and you've got to pick a piece of music to come out to what music would you walk out to mm, that's a difficult question because I'm listening to a lot of different like genres and everything mm, I don't know maybe something for Macklemore oh yeah good crack no one's 152 yeah. is it 153 shows no one has ever said Macklemore there has to be a first one there, there we go. go first that's the way I like Rach always thinking about me uh, Patricia it's been oh, it's been amazing very very insightful having you on uh we'll be following the rest of your uh your journey as it you know and uh as it peaks you know towards uh next summer and yeah just keep doing what you're doing and smashing it and it's uh yeah we hope you keep going faster and faster and go duck under that 11 uh 11 second mark and yeah we wish you all the best all our listeners wish you all the best and uh yeah i'm buzzing i can't wait to next summer because uh we're rooting them behind you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be uh, screaming and shouting. You'll, you'll, you'll certainly hear us. We'll get Anton there, and he definitely give a thumbs up for that one. <laughs> but uh, as anyway, you, if you are um, if you're listening live, you can catch up with this. It will be on the uh, on the uh, RTL Play uh, podcast tomorrow. And uh, yeah, if you want to hear how how to go super fast like the fastest lady in Luxembourg, then uh, you know, listen in. But yeah, thanks again, Patricia. Thank you. She's going to hang about for a little bit. We've got Mr. Perez who has uh, joined us this evening. He's wearing a Diffidons shirt, which makes me think Diffidons won. Did they win today? Or are they top, still top of the stack? I guess we'll hear in a second. Tell you what I need to do first is turn on your microphone, buddy. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Uh, yeah, that's no coincidence why I'm wearing a Defenders jersey today. And no, they didn't win, but they were crowned autumn champions despite their 1-1 draw against Bills. We equalised in dying minutes. The club from the south remains without a single defeat this season so far. Is that such a thing? Autumn champions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Do you actually get something for that? No, no, you don't, you don't get something. It's just like you finish at the top of the table at halfway to so the season. It's like, it's, that's the, the stat. Nobody wants is uh, when you hear about the Premier League and stuff like that. Is who's top of the who's who's top of the Premier League and then lost the uh, and then not won the, the Premier League after Arsenal. being on top of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, boy, see, time I see Liverpool. Liverpool have gone top, haven't they? Yeah. They went top yesterday. Mo Salah scored his two hundredth Premier League goal in two hundred and fifty-seven appearances. Wow. There's some stats for there you. There we go. Well There's some played, stats. Sorry, Mister Perez, I'm no, stealing your thunder. Football remains football. Mariska Mersch had a bit less to celebrate and drowned against Petons on a rainy afternoon, losing 4-1. The game between Rospo and Jonas Esch was abandoned after 65 minutes due to rain making the field unplayable. That's interesting because it rained, but did it rain that much? Yeah, it did actually. Really? Depends. I was inside. We were inside. We were playing squash, weren't we, Scott? Depends on on where you were. I was on a squash court. I don't know if I was playing squash. Everywhere it was raining. That's embarrassing. Football football match at that level getting cancelled because of the rain. So they obviously don't have good enough drainage. Huh? It's because to, it's just to avoid injuries, you know. And the, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen huh? like avoid injuries. No, it, no, it's no, always no. like this, you know. It's Rapman cotton wool or this <laughs> Rapman cotton wool. You're not going to drown playing football. <laughs> <are you? laughs> But yeah, go on, sorry. Uh, looking at today's games, Divinange can still be happy 
Because they launched lost Ninacon 1-0 and couldn't profit from Defedon's draw the day before. Hesbranche, on the other hand, is coming, is coming a bit closer after beating Schifflanche 2-1, thanks to a goal in adding time from Simon. Uh, guess who also scored in the last minutes? Fola! Fola is back, celebrating their third win this season against Mondorf. It was Quinol who was the hero of the day, making it 3-2 for the club from Esch. Not much to say about Monterey against Tracing as the game ended goalless and finally Racing stops Cashing's little streak after their 2-1 win at home. Now let's move a bit down to the Ehrenpromotion and Hostad can be happy about the upcoming winter break because they don't have to play again. After their 7-0 loss against Betonburg, trainer Hori Bossi made a lot of changes in their starting 11. The outcome didn't change uh, didn't change a lot in the end because they lost to Gevenmacher 3-2 and, are, and they are actually in a little crisis, having won only one of their last five league games, dropping now to the fourth place. Betonburg, talking about them, is autumn champions of the Ehrenpromotion after their 4-0 win over Valfadange. Behind them, Ettelbrück defeated Steinsen 2-0 and Bergen falls down to the sixth place after losing to Rimlosch 2-1, remembering that Bergen was the top of the league for like Yep. That's Sam's Ten team. Weeks. Sam's team's bigger. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. Yeah. You're not Play well. in black and yellow, don't they? Yeah. Bigger, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Bigger. Yeah, yeah. As do Yellow Boys Viola. Yeah. Uh, Mama against Wormeldorf <laughs> ends 3 1. Viola, Baerbusch 3 1 as well. Lorenz Viola, Mindanoff 2 0. And Connor Rodos 1 3. And before going over to the women's football, last. Thursday night was the awards night organized by the Luxembourg Sports Press. Was it, huh? Who won? <laughs> <laughs> um, Leandro... Uh, oh my God, I, I lost myself in my nose. I'm so sorry. Um, our men's national team got involved in three awards. Leandro Barrero was the sportsman of the year and Anthony Morris landed on the third place. Luke Holtz was voted trainer of the year and of course the men's national team was the team of the year. Yeah, wondering why Lutz Fuchnus wasn't invited. Maybe next year. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> Politics, mate, huh? Yeah. What have you got in the women's league for us, mate? Uh, we've got no women's league, but the women's national team played last week, around this week. Uh, it was the ga last game in the Nations League campaign for our women's national team. They faced Lithuania in Defedange, and I don't know how to explain this game because it looked like Luxembourg had the game in their hands. Uh, but because Lorenko scored first the opener, like after. 20-30 minutes and the Red Lionesses had plenty of chances. The problem, the ball didn't go in. I don't know. They, they never really played their chances well. You know, they, uh, I remember one chance you had Kimberly Dos Santos going through on goal and instead of shooting herself she wanted to pass the ball but the ball ended nowhere. That's, that was the problem. That was the main problem the whole game. I'll it's, tell you what the main problem was. Whatever clown organised the fixture in the first place the kickoff time. 4 p.m. Why the hell would you kick off at 4 p.m.? Yeah, I swear the stadium wasn't was half empty. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. surprised it wasn't dead. Like, why isn't it being played in the evening? In the evening when people can come from after work. So if you're listening in, you're a clown. Whoever <laughs> organised that. Why, but, but seriously, why yeah. would you organise a women's football match, Patricia, at 4 o'clock? Yeah, Pe people have to work. Also, have a Monday morning at 10:30. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, why not? Why not just yeah. get it done if you if you don't care about people coming to watch? I think there the were matches. only 400, 500 people there. Well, of course, it was. <laughs> Everyone else was at work. Yeah. 
I just I don't get it. You know why not? Make more of a. We want bums on seats. Yeah, we want more more people going down to watch these. You know, women's game. We're lucky enough. We actually got Amy Thompson joining us. She's going to uh, help us record our Christmas special afterwards as well. So, be interesting to see what happens there. We're also going to dive into what happened with the um, the floodlights in Georgia. So we're going to hear it Ooh, from uh, first hand actually to hear what actually went on and and what went down there, which will be yeah very interesting. But yeah, that's just my fifty cents. I think if they want to. If they, you know, you want to get more people, you know, you've got to make it more accessible. So, yeah, kicking off a, uh, um, you know, a, a football match, you know, the 100 metre final at the Olympics, that's not going to be run at eight o'clock in the morning, is it? No, you know, that's not. going to be prime time TV. I would imagine without even looking at the schedule, it'd probably be around six or seven o'clock in the evening when the... Uh, I think it's going to be much later. Yeah. yeah. But again, well, the Frenchies love the it. French, the French love, love, like, it they love something like that. Yeah, yeah, they love it. You know, because even when they put the rugby on, it's like a nine o'clock kickoff, whatever it is. So, yeah, that's a good point there. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, with these big events, if you want to, if you want people to watch it, you've got to, you've got to think logically about the, uh, the timings. They had another one, though. The, um, didn't they do one? The men's football team were playing at home um, earlier on in the season and they had an early kickoff on a Sunday or something. I guess Liechtenstein. I yeah, think I think it was, it was. At 3 p.m. Yeah, Sunday. yeah. Again, you know, think about it. You know, it's always you're always going to get more down. I get that you could get more of uh, the kids down, but a lot of these kids are going to be playing on Sunday and yeah. stuff like that. You know, yeah. so sorry, that's my little mid no mid, mid show rant. Sorry. <laughs> Coming back to the game, it was still one 0 for Luxembourg. Lithuania got a red card. Uh, but it didn't change at all uh, on the game when another until another goal fell. But for Lithuania, Jezo uh, Taite suddenly runs through on goal on 1v1 against Schlimi, runs out of her goal, but suddenly stops her run, making it easy for the striker to lob the ball over her and making it 1-1. Clearly a defensive and a goalie mistake, but not putting the blame on both of them because the attack should have scored way more before. The game ended 1-1. A disappointing result, I will call it, because they was a lot. They can do a lot better than this. They end up on a third place with four points, and I have a little story for, uh, about this game. While Lithuania was behind, the uh, the you know the ball go, the ball went out, and uh, the ball ball go, do you call it ball boy ball boy boy ball boy ball girl ball person yeah, okay. whatever you want to call it. Uh, the ball girl took really took her time to give the ball back to the Lithuanian player, and then you hear one player shouting, "Give the." Mm, ball and then and the stadium was silent so you could really hear can you really hear the player shouting and she got booked for this a yellow card for shouting at the at the ball goal was uh, was really funny and then oh, you, you hear the whole the crowd moment of booing, silence. booing at her was was so funny and then you see the, the ball girl uh, turning around to the crowd and making this uh, uh, it was, it's, was it's so funny, funny though you do see some stuff I mean it doesn't probably get the uh, the the shouts it does, but there's been a couple of instances in the Premier League where it was when um, Mourinho was coaching at Spurs, uh, yeah. and your man, the ball boys, were obviously told, you know, if the opposition go, you just sort of put it on the floor, but if your team come chuck it, and your man basically the ball gets hoofed out, he chucks to takes a quick throw, they go quickly and score and stuff, and then the they start giving the ball boy the high five and stuff like that. Of course, it's completely different in rugby. If the ball is kicked out, you have to play with the same ball. But if it's touched by someone who isn't part of the game, so isn't on the pitch, then you can't go quickly. I thought the ball gets put on cones now. Doesn't it get the ball boy put the ball on cones? No? Depends on where you play, but I don't think so. I don't know where you make this stuff up from, mate. <laughs> no, because I've just seen it recently. I was just watching the game where, the, where actually the ball boy put, the, put it on cones. There's like about six or seven cones down the side with... 
It's like a training session or something, was it? No, mate. Closing the football news with the women's uh, cup games and Hesbronch is surprisingly out of the cup after losing to L2-1. Otherwise, you haven't got any big surprise. Vomeldange crosses Differdange for nil. Maman wins 10-1 over Entente Région Mosel. Dikirsch Kersing and 6-0, Racing Mel 7-0 and Fjanden Merzig 2-1. So a final between Mama and Racing will be possible for the third year in a row if they don't meet each other before. Boring. Um, uh, imagine if uh, Miss Thompson had been playing in that game. What did they win? 10-1 or 10-2? It, it ended 10-1, yeah. Yeah, 10-1. Imagine if Amy had been playing, how many that would have been? Loads more. <laughs> We don't know. Well, Mr. Perez, thank you so much for joining us uh, and keeping us up to speed as the ongoings of the the uh, the world of BGL uh, and Luxembourgish football. Plenty coming up. I know your eyes are already on the twenty first of uh, March to uh, the hype to, is uh, real. That's your uh, that's your Christmas present, huh? Um, and uh, we'll keep you updated with uh, how things progress. But I believe is there one more week of the B? Oh no, that's the last week of the BGL league, isn't it? Now, now? you've got. No football in Luxembourg now. It's the winter break. Oh, okay. But there you go. So, um, well, I guess we'll have to sit tight until the new year. But thanks again, and um, Anthony. Patricia, sorry if the football bored you there, but that's our <laughs> Sunday. Our, uh, do, do you follow any of the, uh, and the, any of the local teams in, in Luxembourg? I'm, I'm not really like a football girl. Um, sometimes I go and watch the national team. But yeah, not a football. What about basket? Uh, a little bit more because when I was in high school, I was in a class with a lot of basketball people. So I followed that a little bit more, but not yep. enough. If you had to, so obviously if you're a basketball team, you would follow at Sella. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, look at the, the <laughs> it was the, it was the shake of the head and the snarl that you got there, of course. We've had a not? few, we've had a few from at Sella. We've had Philip Calf up and, um. Obviously, Gavin Love is a, a regular on here, who is coach up there at the moment. Who, uh, like us, will talk till the uh, the cows come home. You know, um, ladies and gents, been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, never a chore, as they say. Um, tomorrow morning, uh, you can check out the rest of the team with Sam Steen from uh, six o'clock. You've then got Stephen Stepslow with the lunchbox at twelve, and then Melissa Dalton with the home stretch from four o'clock. You've also got Dave Burrows in his DB3 sessions. And on a Sunday morning, if you want to nurse that hangover, then Sarah Tapp is your lady. As always, we give a huge shout out to the army of volunteers out there who make our sporting world tick, whether it's from running the kids around, taking them to training, officiating matches, marking out the athletics track whatever it might be keep doing what you're doing if you're getting kids involved in sport that is a good thing um, until next week it is cheer. Cheer. Cheer.